star date 69420. These are the voyages of the star progressivism. We open on our uh on our on our lobby, our suave, muscular, buff, uh bearded, mulleted captain Mateo in his captain's chair watching over. He does Hmm. Hmm. Thank you for narrating, All of us. Stella. <laughs> it's always good to have my captain's logs read to me. I'm picking up some weird readings on the telemetry readers here. Mm. Something's approaching. What's the quantum Suddenly signature? Uh, at least three. A solid mm. three, I'd say. Stella, elaborate on your end. <clears throat> um, sir, I adjust my bountiful boobs as I am nothing but a sex symbol for the audience as I'm your yeoman lady. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it appears that we have some, some, sh- some ships uh, c- coming in on, on the starboard side. I, 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 I run and cling to you because you're the big, strong man and I, and I need protection. The starboard side. They must be going after the... Quantum regulator. Oh fuck! Not that. Not this shit again. I thought we solved this shit previously. Like, we have did to, they just do this shit last week? It immediately. Sir, Wait. Hold on. Sir, it's me. Your my your mother's calling officer. me. Hmm. She left the oven on. We'll have to attend to that later. For <laughs> now, defend sir, the sir. quantum regulator. Sir, it's your. It's your science officer, sir. I've come here with your quantum soda to help you think quantum fast. Mm, thank you. Shall I deploy the nanobots, sir? This is anti-quantum soda. You, and, and, you're not and, the science man. You're Quantanus, my faded foe. I weep to my feet, standing in front of the captain. Stand away for a minute. We won't take him down this path. No, you're quantum destabilizing him. He's turning into an atomic robot. I, Quantanus. You bastard my anti-quantum soda has done you in now the quantum regulator will be mine not if that's not if i have anything to say with that i know your kill phrase oh one you one one two Uh, no you fool he's going to wow that episode sucked. What'd you guys think? It's eh, still better than season three. That episode of um, uh, Interstellar Hike um, uh, sucked. Inner Dimension 12 sucked. Ah, why does I it mean, always they were, they were suck? Completely, they, were complete, they were completely off kilter. It's almost like they didn't understand what, any, what, what each other was trying to say or established in that uh in that episode now mm, like it was thrown together at the last second or something mm-hmm. something like that it fucked the bet so that was awful mm. well at least nobody broke in this time 
Yeah, that's good. Mm. Hey, the... Well, speaking mm. of uh, oh, mm. speaking of inter inter interstellar hike, I think today that we should discuss uh sci-fi. What do you guys think? Why not? Sure. Looks like somebody left the recorder on, anyways. <sighs> so, as always, I will I will explain to you what the heck is a sci-fi. Sci-fi hmm. stands for scintillating fidelity. Ah, and you can quote me on that. So, <laughs> scintillating fidelity is a subject which deals with futuristic concepts and deals with a world where more advanced than our own. We're but talking cars, robots, Amazons, and trucks. Are you? We're cutting out. What? Fuck. Oh, we're cutting out. You're good. Preach. At least you are, Sergio. It sounds like Matt's sounding good on my end. Yep. It's Quintanus. He's killing you. All right, I'm gonna switch this over. All right. As I was saying, sci-fi may 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 yeah. But blah. What what am I saying? Sci-fi. Any deals? Like we're talking. We're talking cars, robots, Amazons, and trucks. Kudos to, to anyone who understands that reference. I don't. I, I, I'm the only person who watches Linkara. Okay. <laughs> I don't even know anyway, what Linkara is. Linkara is a comic reviewer that used to be part of Channel Awesome. It was this, his theme. Song. But no, mm. I more mean like robots, lasers, spaceships, and other things that just generally go pew. Oh, those Amazons. Yeah, I'm guessing. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> and- <laughs> Yeah, uh, sci-fi is a very malleable genre. Like you can, you, like usually, like you can throw it in with like later sci-fi fantasy. Uh, I'm sure there's more things like you know, you have a sci-fi romance, you have horror. It's just, it's just something that can generally be applied to anything. And it's, it's a the best genre of fiction. Yeah, you can't it's, change my mind. It's a really good backdrop to the world because you, yeah, you can have like your standard science fiction movie where there's just a whole bunch of weird shit going on all the time. But it's almost never capable of just standing on its own. You need something else to help carry that shit, my guy. Yeah, it's a it's a setting. It's a yeah, it's a setting. Like like it's like like you know, it's a like, like you know, you have your genre which is which is like the the ro- the romance and whatnot and then you have like the sci-fi as the setting. Mhm. Of course, I think it does uh, include some forms of genre, but um, general tropes like space battles and stuff. Yeah, obviously. Almost always some kind of well, intergalactic threat. A sci-fi story is usually something else as well. Like it's an act, like it's action, it's adventure, stuff like that. Side note, because I can't remember if we put it in the doc or not, but a lot of science fiction authors have no fucking idea how big a galaxy is. They're like, mm. oh yeah, no, yeah, no. Well, we'll, we'll get. To, I didn't put it down, but we'll get to. Uh, sci-fi writers have no sense of scale. Okay, you don't have to worry mm. about scale if you could just invent a MacGuffin that fi- makes it so like it's like walking down to the store to buy a pack of mentals or something. Fuck off, hyperspace trope. <laughs> mm. okay, so. First of all, we're going to discuss is the types of sci-fi aesthetics, the types of sci-fi. I believe I put all of them down here. So the first we're going to have is something I call retrofuturism. 
there's two types of it. First off is X-Punk, which is like your diesel punk. It's like your steampunk, etc. punk. Uh, being <laughs> the basis of it is that in the future, you never got away from using a certain type of like old school technology. And thus the whole world has changed as a result. It's a big suspension of disbelief because it's like, like diesel punk. It's like World War II era. Yeah, yeah. everything the just runs thing, on diesel fuel. The first thing that comes to mind for me is uh, Fallout. Which is in two regards, because one, uh, the bombs fall in 2077, but even then they never got to the 50s. Mm-hmm. That was very before sci-fi. the nukes fell. Yep, very, 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 um, not only sci-fi, but the, uh, the old school stuff. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I generally, I, I like the punks, because I, I, I think they, they create a nice, like, uh, atmosphere, like, uh, I think... Like Wolfenstein: The New Order is considered to be diesel punk, and I really like the uh, very yeah, I like, could see that. Like, I, I don't, I don't know how I describe like very, like I guess like old school, like retro forties type of aesthetic with like big mechanical like robots with a bunch of like moving parts and stuff like that. Yeah, nothing yeah, very sleek, mechanized. not the sleek rounded edge- edges you see nowadays. Very. Uh, I call that uh, I call that Abramsism. Abrams. Abrams. Abr- like J.J. Abrams, Abrams or like M1A1 Abr- Abrams? No, 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 like J.J. Abrams. Okay. Like horrible, horrible man. Like, like, you know, like, uh, like, like how, like, like, like the, like the new Star Wars movies look and like how the new Star movies look where everything is just like sleek and like, looks like it was designed by like Apple. Ah, uh, yeah. I call, I call that like Abrams design philosophy abramsism i guess i'm sure he doesn't start start that but once like his style was described to me like with the new star trek movies i just automatically just associated it with him and his tiny beady little devil eyes (coughs) anyways the next one is what i would call the old school mentality now, this, this occurs in fictional works where the creator was stuck in the mindset of their time and therefore didn't think outside the box and certain technologies. Like, for example, any story that involves, like, an evil AI, like, one a like, back in the days, oh, yeah, artificial intelligence, like, it'll get sentient, but AI is not smart. Anyone who's played a video game knows that one AI is not smart enough to, you know, become sentient, take over the world's nuclear systems and blow them up. Now a, like, a neural network or, like, a machine learning scenario where you've got, like, multiple computers creating, like, a singular, like, brain, like, hive mind. Yeah, that that might work. But the idea mm-hmm. that, oh, yeah, I, I booted up Skynet.exe and, oh, no, it's <laughs> taken over the military. And you, you ran it as administrator. That was your fault. Oh, God, you're both yeah, very robot I guess uh, that's on theme. <clears throat> You've been taken over by the Borg. Next, uh, we have uh, Star Wars, and it's uh, that cloning limbs and organs, etc., is non-existent. Like, stem cells just does, doesn't exist. Everyone uses Never mecha- it like, mechanical parts in cyborgs. I mean, this could be a combination of George Lucas just, like, like he didn't like think that that would be a thing, or he just really mm. wanted to have, like, robot hands and stuff. It, it could go go either way. Yeah, you'll also notice in like Star Wars that no one has like a laptop or like a PC. Like er, like the, there are those big like computing racks, or there's like these like terminals that people go into. Like the idea of like a 
I'm sure. I, I think they have like data pads and, st- and stuff like that, like now. But I don't think you saw those in the original trilogy. It was mostly like terminals and stuff like that. Yeah, it seemed more like it was like you use the droids where you go betweens. It's almost like they didn't know what cell phones were back then, or personal computers. Well, uh, St- Star Trek. Yeah, but Star Trek literally invented the concept of a cell phone. The guy who started inventing yeah, some. Right. At least one or two of the people who started inventing cell phones specifically cited Star Trek as their inspiration for making it. And then we have some writers going, like some dude in the 1990s is like, in the distant future of 2005, mankind has landed on other planets. This is just like hindsight. Like, obviously, like, you want to try to throw out like a, like a far out year. Like, obviously, like, like if I'm in like 1940 and I'm like, Oh yeah, something in like twenty thirty five. Like to me, that's like oh, that's way in the future. But um, you know, obviously, like in twenty thirty five, that's gonna get proven wrong. It's like a Street Fighter twenty ten final fight. Yep. The year is two thousand and seven. I think to anybody living in the nineteen hundreds, anything with a two in front of it for two thousands. Was already super fucking futuristic because it's a new millennium. What is the term? What is the Terminator's future take place in the first film? Didn't it say like two thousand and seven? Uh, let's see here. We've already passed it. I'm pretty sure we have at least. Oh yeah. Uh, Back to the Future, twenty twenty. No, 2015. No, 2015. Uh, 2015. Terminator One gives gives the date as twenty twenty nine. 2029. Okay, so we still got time to get fucked. Yep. Yeah, we got we got uh we got eight more years before Skynet fucks us over. That's gonna date the podcast. Are are you kidding me? This thing's already dated. (laughs) Oh yeah, we dated it by uh, talking. Yeah, yeah. In in eight years, when humanity has almost been wiped out by Skynet, and they're like in the trenches listening to old recordings of "So You Think You Can Famine." (laughs) <laughs> They'll know that we were we were, were ranting. They'll know we were ranting about it. Yeah. Actually, hmm? actually, at the end of this podcast, let's make some dumb predictions for the future that will get proven wrong in some years from now. You just so fucking slam dunk that shit. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> in honor of uh, a man I once knew, India superpower twenty twenty. That's my prediction. It's not 2020 anymore. India superpower 2020. Take it or leave it. Why, why, why not bump it ahead to like 2030? No. <laughs> Just it, it, no. They no. They don't all die of the coof because they're kind of having a big problem with that right now. Hmm. Be seen. All right. All right. Uh, ne- next, we have postmodern near futurism. Uh, so this is like. T- 10 to 20 years within our own it it's like like a more realistic approach like it, it's more like within like reason of like what like technology will be in like 10 years like like the world still looks like our own it's just like there'll be like a super like sci-fi like terminal or like you know the, the, the doors will automatically open and close and no one will be opening like you know their You'll have like a super futuristic like drone, or you may have like there's androids walking around. Uh, we've got like augmentation. This is kind of like your like your cyber, not not quite cyberpunk, but like you know it's like 
What, Deus Ex Human Revolution? Full-on robot arm. Deus Ex is a pretty good example. I was going to say Robocop. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You have RoboCop, Deus Ex, Human Revolution, Detroit Become Human. Uh, we're we're going to get to David Cage near the end of this documentary. David Cage. David Cage. David Cage. Yes, the, 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 the known sexist and workplace harasser himself, David Cage, and how he doesn't know how to write. He's one of those people that doesn't know how to handle uh, tense racial subjects and shouldn't handle uh, important racial subjects. Moving on. Uh, we have uh, grimy Earth scenarios. So this can happen at any time, but I gave the general time period of like 50 to like 100 years. Uh, so Earth has fallen into ruin for some reason. Uh, pollution, crime, nukes. war, environmental event nukes, overcrowding, etc. It's basically like it's, it's like humanity is dumb, we let the planet go to shit. We gotta get off of it. Like, 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 it's like, like, Earth sucks. We need to, like, people want to get lives. We need to get off of it. Or, like, the Earth is in imminent danger of, like, being uninhabitable, and we gotta find someplace else to live. <clears throat> or make it livable. Now, the next, again. uh, the, that's it. The next, uh, the next two can be summed up by that, like, one picture where, like, like it's, like, the two girls in the car, and one of them's, like, wearing a black hoodie and, like, is, is like, piercings and whatnot, and then the other one's, like, really super colorful with dyed hair. We have the future is bright, and then the future sucks. So, on the, on the side of future is bright, which I, uh, use my left hand, um, to, uh, dictate, <laughs> and you all should know that, because we're all sitting in the same space. Um, yes, of course. So, so this this aesthetic could be referred to as Abramsy or Utopian, mm. as we mentioned before. Like that sleek, clean Apple look. There's no movable movable parts. Nothing's got any like screws or uh, like holes or ungainly ports. Everything is just like really clean looking. And then we have uh, the future is darker and more realistic. Uh, so like everything looks just like kind of dirty and like lived in like you see a lot of more like darker color being used like, like there's the... gonna be like the clean i was sorry, gonna say sorry, sorry me and matt just watched the alien for the first time it that is very much the the look of that ship very much fits with what you're saying yeah super lived yeah. in very yeah, super lived in super dirty and very much a working man's like... ship Mm-hmm. Yeah, cause, cause like, like, like you'll see like these, like, like, like the the future is bright type of things where they're walking down this clean white hallway and there's not a speck of dirt or anything anywhere. Like, like, Very... like you see like it like in Star, like, 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 well, like the Star Destroyer stuff on like Ray, like there's like it doesn't quite feel like. Like a like hundreds of people go through this ship every day. Like everything just kind of looks like very like clean and sterile. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was about to mention, Falcon, is like, a good example of it too. Yeah, or just just how just like generally like Tatooine or some of the seedier places look. But like uh, what I was gonna say was this: is that if there is like a clean like type utopian place, it's used in like a like a contrast to like the lower like undercity. Like you got like Coruscant, which is like the bustling mega megatropolis, and you have like the lower levels, which is like all grimy and dirty and demolition man and no. no no, 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 but nobody, nobody has ever heard of a janitor. Very, very. What, uh, what is your guy's favorite of sci-fi aesthetic? 
Uh, mm. What do you What do you look for? What do you like? I think I look for not the future is bright kind of designs, but really interesting advancements with architecture that tells you how fucking batshit insane any architect is. Don't trust architects to design things. They barely function. That's my two cents. Yeah, I was gonna say say that a lot of future future things tend to just like these like really fucky like building designs because they look all futuristic if they're all these weird shapes and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, that reminds me of a complete side note story about how dumb an architect was. There's a building in uh, was it New York or somewhere else? I can't oh, remember. Oh, 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 as as an engineering person, does the Leaning Tower of Pisa give you an aneurysm? Uh, no, it's actually a marvel. Because um, they it's still literally standing. no uh well kind of they built an entire system to control the soil and sediment and support the tower so that it could remain leaning for all time. That's not a joke. They have a full pressure system. It's a fucking right, so really what, what, cool was, system. Did it lean to begin with, or did it start leaning and then they were like? It started leaning because of soil power. that was unstable underneath it, and people were like, "Holy shit." It's leaning. That's badass. Because, you know, it was really, 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 rare for anything to lean without just breaking. Falling over. Yeah. It's one of the more profitable architectural fuck-ups. Well, it wasn't an architectural fuck-up. I think it was just the soil and sediment underneath it that was decaying away. Like, it's kind of impressive that it... Uh, you can't even really like they didn't have the tools to do that back then very well. Yeah, but um, you know the guys who engineered the, I can't remember what it's called, but it's some giant plate underneath it that controls the leaning. Like they could, they could fix it. They could make it stop leaning if they wanted to, but they don't because the leaning is the famous part. We're gonna go over there and push it back up. <laughs> Do you get how many people go over there, fly over to Italy, just to look at the tower, that you could get basically the same thing if you just looked it up on your computer, just to do the stupid fucking, I'm pu- holding up the tower thing, yep. you know, perspective picture? Well, mm-hmm. well, I, mean, if if, I, I feel like if I was going to Italy, that's one of the things I would want to see. I wouldn't just, like, fly over this, oh, yeah, I saw the tower, time to head back. Yeah, but it's, you know, it's a nice thing there on the way. <clears throat> This is also completely unrelated to anything, but did you guys know that spaghetti and meatballs is not an Italian dish natively? Yeah. I think I, I it's think like noodles came from China with Marco Polo or something. Well, it's not like that. It's um it was made by Italian Americans here because they um wanted to mix together ingredients because it was cheaper here. Same with uh yeah, chicken but, parmesan. But specifically like we associate noodles so much with Italy, but it's really from China, mainly due to Marco Polo. Yeah, but they've had noodles for like what over a thousand years at this point. It's it's basically part of their yeah. culture. I mean, that's so, like saying um, um, tomatoes can't be reminiscent of Italy, <clears throat> even though they came from the Americas. Yeah. Back Anyways, on topic. Um. Did you finish your thought on your future architect, future look, I guess? Oh, yeah. Well, I was just going to say there was some guy who made a building, made a one slab that went from 
all the way through the building straight to the other end, which is not normal. You're not supposed to do that because it's really, really, really terrible for temperature. And it was in a really cold part of the country. I can't remember where, but in the winter time, your whole building is just siphoning cold air out of the build out of the world. But it looks really awesome because it's ah fuck it. I can't remember what the name of it was, but architects are dumb. Put that in the future. Thank you. Um, as as for me, um. I wouldn't I have a, a very like like obviously I'm not a big fan of that like uh like that Abramsy look. Mm-hmm. Uh, I tend to like my my world to feel very like lived in. Um I I I I do think like the um the the kind of like you ut- like utopian kind of futuristic city they they do have their place. Um but I I I guess I would lean more to like the like the darker more realistic like the like retro futurism type looks. Um, like one of my favorite sci-fi movies is this movie called the uh, Elysium by the guy who did District Nine. District Nine is also a very good uh, um, uh, sci-fi, sci-fi movie. I generally like his aesthetic because that that director does a lot of the kind of like the like the postmodern type thing, but like with that darker, like more realistic. And it follows like uh like 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 the the movie's like like Earth is shit, right? And all the rich people live on like this space station called Elysium and uh Matt Damon gets like super cancer and he's they're like, You got like an hour like like a like a day to live and he's like, Alright, I'm gonna get this child up to Elysium because I think I, I can't remember if the child's sick or not, like they need medical care. He's just trying to get this kid to like a better life. So he has like this back alley doctor uh like give him a very like Nons like a very like realistic looking like exoskeleton like it's drilled into like the control thing is drilled into the back of his head and he's got like this like mechanical apparatus around like his body that is like you know the exoskeleton and mm-hmm. you know he has to fight his way up there very good movie very dirty gritty like realistic like aesthetic like you know it's not an Iron Man suit it's something that you'd kind of like like more like what the exoskeletons were developing now doesn't also the literally get drilled into his body or something. Yeah, it's, yeah, I, like, I, I, I know. I know the, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. He can't take it off because it, it's like the control module is drilled into the back of his head, and I think other parts are like on his body as well. Ouch! That's a very painful uh, way to become you, super you, powerful. You mentioned Alien. I really like the look of Alien. Not like Prometheus and like Alien Covenant well, when Ridley yeah. Scott lost his mind and decided to that Alien was gonna not look like that anymore <laughs> don't you always love when they make prequels with more advanced technology than the films that they are supposed to be set before in the timeline they're solid excuse me <laughs> oh, 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 oh yeah uh, they did that in star trek discovery and then you know what they did to retcon it when people complained what so so star trek discovery takes like 10 like 10 15 years before kirk got in the enterprise and in season one they were using all this technology that was way more advanced than the original series and in the second season they do get on the enterprise when the former like uh, captain captain pike was taken over and pike says throw all that uh new shit out it's unreliable we'll switch to the old stuff (laughs) and that's their reasoning oh yeah Pike's a weirdo, and he just likes retro technology. What a fucking boomer. Uh, boomers ruin the day once again. What about you, Kieran? What's your favorite like looks in science fiction? 
I tend to like uh, technology that looks when you have futuristic technology that's not super sleek like it's so good we got this 100% down pat down to science but it's not just like we just made this thing yesterday we don't know how it works I like when it simply looks big mechanical it's like a second or third generation thing it still looks like it could fucking kill you at any moment if you used it wrong but like it's gonna give you something better to do than you used to basically like anything like industrial machinery like, when we have modern day stuff, like, you look at that stuff, it's like, that shit looks terrifying, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when the future technology looks like that, it's big, clunky, it's not the first generation, so it's got, it's not cobbled together, but it just looks like you put your hand in the wrong place, so you don't know what you're doing, you're going to fucking lose it. Yeah. I, lo- I that, love that when the technology me. looks like that. Oh, that, that, that reminds me of an aesthetic that I, I think that people should go for a lot more. Um... Uh, I we'll call it like, like so like you have like the like the like the future setting. <laughs> Sorry, right? just real quick, I, I think some of this OSHA violation punks f- f- sci-fi. <laughs> I guess is what I'm describing. How there's no handrails. Yep, no handrails yeah, on the like, Death Star. Why the fuck does anyone think that's a good idea? Other than just the empires, I guess if they set the laws, they don't. Have... <laughs> yep. That reminds me of a funny story when I was playing Battlefront 2 on the Death Star map. I, I, my team, like, and my, like, I was playing with AI, and my AI team lost within the first three minutes of the match because we were on the one part of the Death Star map where it's a bunch of just, like, hallways with no handrails and every, all the AI just fell off and I lost all my reinforcements. <laughs> Ouch. But, um, as I say, was this, like, the the aesthetic of like the sci-fi universe before it got to the present day and a good example of this is like the the flashbacks in cyberpunk like uh 2077 where like you know like like in the like the present day like V's like jacking in it's like his arm but like in the, the 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 flashbacks Johnny Silverhand's got like a like a tablet that he jacks into and just like stuff like that like you see like the the beginnings of the technology that you would see in 2077 like I wish more sci-fi universes had like prequels that had like the like the in, the intermediary before like they get to the technology you see in like the yeah I guess that's what I was kind of saying for as well. No, mm-hmm. I don't want the prototype stuff, although it can look good sometimes. But it's just common like enough to get around. Like in Star haven't... Wars, when they, they sorry, I didn't cut you off. No, it's gonna be more or less gonna end up repeating myself. Enough that you can get it to work reliably, but not enough that they've made it look, uh... Sleek. It, it's still, they're still giving it to do the things they want, and they don't care what it looks like. Because once you get something that does something that you want reliably enough, well enough, then you start caring about what it looks like afterwards. Yeah, and yeah, even I, then, I, I would say that, like... um... Like, in a, a lot of engineering offices I've been in, they just leave the ducts completely undone, and it looks kind mm-hmm. of industrial. So, I guess uh, you say it, industrial punk. I guess maybe. Maybe I don't know. I don't know what that would look like necessarily. Punk. What were you gonna say, Serge? Well, I was if, if like because we just mentioned that I would say like if you were doing like industrial revolution punk, then like everything would probably be like powered by coal, and you'd have like all these like big like smokestacks, and everyone would kind of be looking like uh, like they do in Assassin's Creed Syndicate. I can't describe <laughs> like bowler hats and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Know? of victorian a little bit um but i was gonna mention like like in star wars like in like the in the in like the legends and like 
the canon, like, way, way back, because, like, the Jedi are described, and Sith are described as, like, they would just, like, wield, like, force-empowered swords, or there were lightsabers, but they had, like, a battery pack, and they were, like, they had a cord. Oh, yeah, proto-sabers? Yeah. That's another thing that I think we should talk about is uh, something called technological stasis, where a sci-fi universe remains at the same tech level throughout its, like, universe, like, 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 Warhammer. <laughs> Even Warhammer has advanced over the, like, the last 30 years of people writing it, actually. I thought the, I thought, yeah. I thought the whole deal with all 40k is that they're in stagnation, they're forgetting everything. Primaris Marines. No, well, well, no, well, 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 no, it's it's not. They've lost the ability to invent new technologies. They're rediscovering old technologies that are better than the ones that they have. But they've recently gained the ability to create new ones. Is it also kind of like Mech Warrior in the same way, Matt? Uh, yeah, that is fairly similar to. I think it's actually called BattleTech for the whole franchise. But Mech Warrior is like the most famous game oh, series for yeah, that. Sorry, that's why I meant. Yeah. Well, it's, well, it's basically the same more thing. On, like, what I meant, like, on technological stasis is, like, you take, like, Star Wars, where, like, the universe spans, like, a 35,000-year-old, like, 35,000 years, and technology is just generally the same throughout yeah. the entire span. Mm-hmm. Although I do remember somebody like, pointing like, like, out that, um, there is some advancement with, uh, smaller ships being able to do hyperdrive jumps, like, the X-Wing didn't yeah, 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 the prequels. Yeah, yeah, there's still, uh... They're, they're st- they still are advancing in technology, it's just really slow, and it's, like, not large enough to affect the setting as, like, a whole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Alright, mm. next, uh, we have the, uh, what I have written as Utopian versus Dystopian, and the good old Cosmic Dread. So, one of the things that you should keep in mind while building your sci-fi world is to discuss on what your view for the future is. Is it pessimistic and dystopian, or is it optimistic and utopian? Has the advances in technology created more problems than it solved, or have a lot of society problems been fixed? Hmm. Don't make it because of a miracle element that does everything. We'll, 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 we'll get to unobtainiums in a sec. In a hot minute. Uh, so, here's... First, we're going to talk about utopian fiction and how it can go wrong. All right, guys, I need you to take your rose-tinted glasses off. Are they off? They're off. Sure. All right, I'm going to drop a, I'm going to drop a truth nuke on you, a, a, a truth antimatter bomb, if you will, because we're talking sci-fi. Uh, utopias can't exist. Isn't that the definition? What? Isn't the definition of a utopia something that literally doesn't exist? See, if we just did communism right, we'd have it already, guys. Come on. <laughs> Fuck off. I, I, I don't know. Can you, can you check the space dictionary? Hmm. I'm pretty sure that's not involved in it. At least that's not part of the definition, I don't think. Uh, utopia. An imagined place or state of things in which everything is perfect. So, yes. By definition, That doesn't mean impossible. I didn't say impossible. So, it's just so far we haven't had one. Well, it's something okay. that doesn't exist. It's an imagined place. So, ahem, so a perfect a utopia, like a per, like we're talking about a perfect utopia, not like ninety eight percent utopia, not like ninety nine point ninety nine percent utopia. There's that point zero zero one germ that's making everybody's life hell. I'm talking perfect utopia can exist, and even though this is we're talking fiction where anything can exist, 
Like, you could technically make a perfect utopia in fiction, but it'd be boring. Because mm. to have a story, you got to have problems. Your world has to have some problems. And while you can have, like, a utopian society, there has to be things like, let's take medicine, for example. Like, oh, yeah, we've advanced everything. Everyone lives to 200. Nobody, um, like, nobody gets sick anymore. We've cured cancer. But what happens when a deadly virus release and that science fails? The government decides to claim, like, oh, yeah, we've eliminated all crime. Don't look in the undersea. Don't look. Don't, don't look. look. Avert your eyes. No, th- th- there's nothing down there. Um, good utopian sci-fi worlds still have problems, because despite, like, the glitz and glamour where most pe- regular people live in, bureaucrats cut corners, governments get complacent, um, not everywhere can, you know, feast the glory of the emperor's light. They're all a bunch of some sucking degenerates in the unknown regions, and they eat their own feces and whatnot. Yes. But yeah, I think, um, Utopia is a very interesting, I remember one of the utopias that I will always remember for the rest of my life is, um, was it the time machine that has that group of people who are being fed, uh, each generation to a race of demon warlock things? I can't remember what movie it was. It was something with so time much travel. remembering it always. <laughs> well, I remember the scene because it was literally perfect happiness just for these people. And then suddenly just these big demon spiky things come out. They just drag one away. Nobody does anything. This woman is screaming as she's being pulled away. Nothing. Nobody does anything. They're just still going on, That's having a happy horrifying. little time acting like kids, even though they're like all adults at that point. And it's not ringing any bells for me. Let me look it up. Anyways, keep going. All right. While you, while you look it up, I will move on to dystopian fiction and why it's always more interesting. And as you know, this is my opinion. It's just the only opinion. Uh, so generally, stories where the future is always the brightest tend to be more interesting. In my opinion. Oh, so we're speaking facts here. All right. Your personal subjective yeah, 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 opinion. The, the, in the personal subjective opinions that are spoken, um, do you think you can fan in are the only way you should think? And if you think anywhere else, stop listening to the podcast. <laughs> Moving on. So here's some potential. I it's like some potential ways you can spice up your dystopia. Wealth disparity. You got the like the rich people who are living like mentioned Elysium, like the people living off in like the the utopian Abramsy space station, and then you got like the people living in like shacks in like these like villages, and they're like, man, my life sucks. I wish I could live somewhere else. Uh, we've got... Oh, yeah, and there's also crime. Then we have, like, the cyberpunk tropes. People are getting augmented. Uh, we got these big, evil mega corporations like Amazon and Disney, and they're just, like, they got control over the media, and they've got just, like, a stranglehold on, like, planets, and, like, they own entire swaths of the country. And also crime. Then hmm. uh, we got, like... Like I mentioned before, the planet goes to shit, and there's usually crime. Uh, if you haven't noticed, the secret ingredient is usually crime. Well, it's not like the whole thing, uh, was it Shadowrun's all built off of, is literally just that, yeah, which you yeah, just I described. Mean, you're, you're just built into being a cr- cr- criminality and like underworld shady bullshit is just, just generally built into sci fi. It's just like a great haven to have like a story of smugglers and gangsters and stuff like that. Uh, another thing is that we 
found we aren't alone, and that's terrifying. We go out into the like the, like the cosmos, and we're like, Hi. we're in the cosmos, we're colonizing. But oh god, aliens! And we're like, hello, aliens! And then they eat the guys. Like, like he he like reaches out to give him a handshake, and he eats the hand. And then we've got a war with the aliens. Then we have a slightly different where we found out we aren't alone, and that's like pretty cool. Like like the aliens are are cool. There's like blue alien blue tentacle alien babes and we got like uh metallic metallic raptor reptile bird people and these like uh big reptile dudes who can't like breed and stuff and we got like space jellyfish but oh no there's big evil robot cephalopods that are gonna come and eat our assholes and not in the good way oh i i i just uh described um uh relativity affect the trilogy. I heard they just dropped a uh, legendary edition of it recently. Neat. Yeah, I'm sure they won't pick up on what this actually is. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Sh- I'm sure. I'm sure our audience has no idea what a uh, popular sci-fi video game trilogy with a, a terrible fourth spin game question mark that I'm referring to. That's made by um Electro- Electronic Alphabet. Hmm. Who could know? From those Nobody. people that sell you biological Ooh, digital lexicon. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking. All right. Uh, then we got uh, uh, pondering the meaning of life and search for its origins, like a hitchhiker's guide sort of thing. Where like, he, like we're like, all right, we're in space. Let's like, like, like we have an idea that perhaps our origins lie elsewhere, and we go looking for it, and we may not actually like the answer that we find. Hmm. And then uh, we mentioned it before, but I put it down anyway. Evil mega corporations are doing some fucky capitalist nonsense. Also, crime. And then, uh, for some reason, we didn't follow Asimov's three laws of robotics. So we didn't follow them. Um, do you guys know what those are? Do I yes, one of robot de- AI development uh, allow murder, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> No, it's um, uh, yes. can't harm humans, can't. No, I, I know what the laws action. are. That's what I'm saying. It seems like that's like the first thing to do is like, ah, yes, I will allow murder first thing. Yes. <laughs> yeah, for, so, yeah, so for, for our audience, the first law is that a robot may not injure a human being or through an action allow a human being to come to harm. Second law is the robot must obey the orders given to it by human beings, except where such order would conflict with the first law. The third one is a robot must protect its own existence as long as such protection does not conflict with the first or second law. Uh, for some reason, they didn't give this to Skynet. They they never get they never give these rules to the robots, and it causes everything to to go wrong. Yep, never ever goes right. All never right, once. So we 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 we've discussed like the, the Patriots. So now it's time to what I call the YA dystopian bullshit that should be avoided at all costs. All. Every, each one of you get your notepads and write this I, down. I feel like I'm, I'm ready to, when I get a chance, I want to rant about fucking di- uh, Divergent if I get a chance, because it's about the closest that they're going to get to a subject that works. Okay. Yeah, okay, so basically, don't make your world derivative of the Hugger games. This is <laughs> to death. It's box office poison. You got, you know, you got your Divergence. You got that weird Stephanie Meyer movie, The Host. We got, like, your Maze Runners. You got your Hunger Games. Uh... So, for whatever reason, other countries don't exist for some reason. It's always in the United States. And the U.S. got fucked by 
giant mutant butt plugs or so- something. Something happened. The U.S. is screwed. So everyone lives in these, like, zones. There's usually, like, some kind of, like, oppressive military government that, like, runs it. And they're like, don't leave the zones. Cuz die. But then some dumb kid is like, I don't believe you. I'm gonna go outside. And sometimes they might go outside and they might die, but sometimes they might find that they're being lied to and that they need to get out of the zones. Now, and then you, and then your main character, like this dumb kid, is usually like, they're like 16 and they're like a, like a strong, independent, bland female, or they're like a, a, a generically attractive, like, guy. Like, the kind of attractive where Hollywood goes, this is what you find attractive, and you're just like, that. that's just like a, like, like you could put a, a white guy into a, like a, like a, like, like, like if I had a printer that said, print me a white guy, and I pressed it, <laughs> these are the kind of guys who would just come out. <laughs> um, there's usually a love triangle um, between the guy slash girl and another guy and another girl, or it might be both. We're progressive here. Whatever, whatever you want to be in this love triangle. So, you got your teen characters, and, you know, they're like, oh no, evil government man or woman is bad, and we gotta rise up! And this evil government man and woman is usually played by, like, an Oscar award-winning actor, and you're like, oh, I know that guy! He's a really good actor. Why is he wasting his time in this? Because the easiest paycheck he's ever phoned in for... Like uh, Donald Sutherland, who played the the president in the Hunger Games, a great actor, but he was wasted. Well, who who voiced fucking was it Megatron in the Transformer films? Uh, that was uh the Hugo Weaving. Yeah, except that I think he quite literally phoned in his, his performances for that. Never went to the studio. Yeah, he uh he sent he sent he he sent them over like email to uh Michael Bay. Michael Bay didn't tell him anything. Like what Transformers was, he didn't try to get him interested in the project. He just hired him to to say things, and I th- I think that Hugo Weaving played a great Megatron because Hugo Weaving's great. Like he's gonna give a good performance no matter like what he's in. Like, <laughs> even he when he like, doesn't give a I don't shit. Know anything about these movies? I'm not passionate about them because he didn't try to get me into it. <laughs> but uh, Kieran, if you'd like to rant about Divergent, go ahead because we're talking oh about God, the YA. Divergent's so fucking stupid. <laughs> First off, you, you fucking faded at us. You were saying stupid, and suddenly you went stupid. Yeah. No question. Oh, yeah. Have I, uh, yeah. I, I was have either of you? Sorry. Go ahead. Question about Divergent because I don't think I I wrote this this down. But sometimes in the YA dystopian bullshit stories, the the main uh, generic white guy or generic white girl is like special for some reason yeah like, like in the giver uh like 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 they're special they got some kind of powers and that makes them dangerous an evil government yes. man either needs to turn them into a weapon or needs to kill them yep because we're all special don't we all want to be special oh yeah she's divergent right which means she can like think for herself or something uh it, honestly i it gets so f- here's the thing Divergent is a book series which just is the only one I can think of where the main character goes through reverse character development as the series goes on. Character development? Yes. It is the only book I've read in recent memory that does it like that. 
And it's just like, how the fuck did you get to this? But first, I want to talk about the world in general and how they immediately get red flags about how stupid everything is. So, Divergent, they're living in, I think, Chicago or something, doesn't matter. They're in a aforementioned walled off city, whatever, and there's five groups of people that you're just born into. So it's the, uh, oh fuck, I forget the proper names, but basically it's just the happy people, the science people, the uh, basically what do you hold above all else? So, like, the happy people, we're happy, everything's cool, we're always happy, you know, we got the people condor, hold truth above everything else, basically just we don't lie about anything. Truth. You know, truth all the way. Science people. Science is the most important thing ever for us. Uh, another one, which is just basically like selflessness. They're all about just humanitarian work, worrying about what others care about and everything. And the last one is the Dauntless. And they're basically the, we want to have fucking fun. We go around free running, bungee jumping. We go out, we do, we do the cool shit and everything. We run on trains. We, we do all the fun stuff. The reason making a point about that is, is because the whole deal is that you're born into whatever group you are, you know, and at the coming of age, you go through a big ceremony where you get you get to right then and there get to decide if you want to ditch your old family and and group to go to another one in a very public ceremony, and like it's dead and done, there and done right there. And granted, these are a bunch of kids, so why the fuck would, like, the Dauntless not be immediately fun, because they're the ones having any fun. They're the ones doing all the cool shit, you know, like, literally everything every kid should want to do, you know? Yeah. So, the fact that Daunt the Dauntless group isn't immediately inundated every fucking time, and of course, and of course they try to make a deal, it's like, oh, is she gonna stick with her family, or is she gonna, she gonna move with another one? It's like, of course she's gonna fuck with the Dauntless. You keep talking about how cool the Dauntless are and everything. So, of course, she jumps for oh, them. Oh, did you read Divergent, or did you see the movie? I read Divergent and Insurgent, and then I was reading Allegiant, and that was point. like, this is so fucking garbage right now that I literally stopped reading it, which usually, even if I don't like the book I'm reading, I will finish it usually. Yeah, so, it says here that uh, Divergents are, like, they, like they can choose both like like the, like they're members of like yeah. each group so, and they can also tell that they're being manipulated by the evil government man basically the idea is that woman. you're supposed to to help the kids give an idea of who they might be a fit for this they go into basically just a little mind virtual reality thing to give them an idea basically it's like you're given a situation what do you do like you're presented with cheese and a knife which one do you pick kind of deal you're given no other pretext oh, Pokemon personality test at the beginning of the mystery yeah kind of like game. that and the whole deal is that you're supposed to basically just get an affirmation towards one or another rare and you're not supposed to get more than one basically if i remember correctly well if you're divergent you get you can uh, apply for more than one and that's bad you know you're supposed to be immediately reported to the government so of course when the, the main character is found to be that one they of course get the one cool person it's like yo uh the, you you're not supposed to be this i'm gonna be super cryptic about it but don't worry i'll be real nice and not tell anyone about it but i won't fill you in at all anything so we could just keep having this stupid mystery hanging on in the story here neat so that's the whole thing with that uh basically she goes to dauntless becomes cool they're basically each group f forms a bit of a, a role in society so like the science people obviously the science the happy people they do all the agricultural stuff dauntless their security and everything military whatnot uh condor basically all laws and whatnot and what would immediately be red flags is uh, the, the selfless group. You know, they make up the government. And here's the thing. Rather than 
what you think is, oh, so each group's got representatives of the government, right? No. The selfless group are all government members. But, like, each the section in that group is supposed to represent the other groups. You know? And immediately, this should be a red flag in your head. It's like, wait, why the fuck would you have one group run the government? Yes, the whole deal is it's supposed to be selfless. But you already have them divvied up to represent the other groups within your group. Why wouldn't you have the rest? Which, if you have two more than two brain cells, you realize that this will be a point of conflict in the story. Because mm-hmm. it, it is. Basically, science goes, uh, so we've decided to commit genocide now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do, do, you think, uh, exactly, do you think of exactly. these, like, what? Mm-hmm. Sorry, I haven't cut you off. I I exactly say, do you think of these, like, what? Go ahead. Oh my goodness! Uh, I was gonna, I was I was gonna say in these like, YA like dystopian. Do do I would like to imagine that the rest of the world is just fine and they're just looking at America and going, "What the fuck are they doing over there?" <laughs> they have some cool tech, but fuck me, they're man, mangy well, fucks. Why are you, why are you genociding children? Do, do you need our help? And we're American. We're like, no, we must continue to starve the masses. Uh, oh, another thing. Apparently, it's special about the groups. Each one's got like their own special little I, uh, drug. I guess we'll call it. You know, I guess they don't forget or exactly what it was. But basically, it's very specific to the group. Like for instance, the Dauntless. They get a special drug when they inject you with it. You know, it exposes you to the most deepest, darkest fears. The whole point of that is then you overcome them and become really, you know, better than you were. Which also leads into uh, uh, ubiquitous love interest whose name is who doesn't go by real name he goes by the name of four and he's like wow four he's so cool and everything what's his name four oh man we don't know what the name for why is he go by four and everything of course develops a relationship with the main character tells it four because he only has four fears because they're the same each time which doesn't make sense because surely if everyone's fears everyone have x amount of fears <laughs> why would your fears keep changing but whatever Anyways, that's kind of besides the point, although I'll get to that later, why he's important. So, Dallas makes sense there. The the happy-go-lucky people, they basically have uh, heroin, basically. They're just unhappy drugs. Find kind of whatever works for that. Uh, the truth people just get a truth serum. That's it. I forget what the uh, selfless people get. I don't remember what they have. Any what science has? You know, like, so, you know, each one's thematically appropriate their special drug. What do you think science has? Knowledge. Uh, Smart like drugs. A, like Adderall? Books? No, it's just... It's, you you want to know what it is? It's just a drug that kills you. It's just death. So you have they to be smart have enough to injection. not take a drug? No, no, no. It's just kills you. That's it. That, like, there's nothing special or hidden about it. That's just kills you. Because... That's in the second book where she's like being wilt. She's been captured because you know science decided to go genocide on the 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 selfless people. You know she's being carted off. She's going to be killed, and then it's like, oh, we finally found out what the drug is because like we still even find out the other drugs are. And it's just like, oh yeah, it's just lethal injection. That's it. What? <laughs> <laughs> so here, what's great is that she starts. So first, she starts out. She's not sure who she wants to be. Anything joins Dauntless. You know, starts to become more independent, more finding out who she wants to be, becoming go. You know, good character development everything, getting her personality everything, and then she runs into four. You know, that guy, who's like cool, tough, and everything, but she finds out his vulnerable side and everything, and all his really, you know, 
I'm sure you're really thinking of a million other things this is reminding you of, and you're right. Oh, dear. So it's where it's, four gets captured by the science, and she eventually decides to, that uh, she can't go on with herself without four. She has to be with them, and she's literally throwing her life away on a suicide mission that she has no business doing for no actual purpose other than a vain attempt to rescue four, but with no plan. And not even guarantee that works. It's just, what's that? He's been captured by the science faction. I will now just go to the science faction and do just whatever, basically. It's as interesting as this is, we probably shouldn't spend too long on it. I told you I was going to fucking rant about this. Okay, so basically, so strong character developed in the first book starts to fall for four in the se- at the end of the first one, and second one starts to only care about him, only do things based on him, is ready to throw her life away for pointless things just because the folks they can't live without four, then I don't want to live. And the third book happens, and suddenly they start doing chapters from his perspective and her perspective, and I called it, she fucking dies pointlessly. Because she fucking throws her life away for the dude. For no fucking purpose, for no higher purpose. Also, by the way, four's four fears are heights, shooting innocents, claustrophobias, and his father. He sounds like a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just she her fucking character development degrades the whole thing. It's just it's amazing to what's to watch this fucking trade wreck of a thing. The first book's good. You might as well read it. It's actually not a bad. Everything after this fucking garbage. Uh rip. Uh I was gonna say also. Also, this is another another thing. Is another another trope is that Harry Potter ruined the the the, the adaptation of the final book because because like you know like Deathly Hallows was like four hours long. So we got cut into two movies, and then everyone was like, "We gotta take a, a movie's worth of material and stretch it out into two movies." Because they they were going to do it with the last Divergent series, but people stopped wanting to watch YA movies. So that never happened, and they did it with Twilight. Um, they did it with Hunger Games, uh, and like literally the first the Hobbit, like, like, uh, where the last movie is about a war that lasts five pages in the book because he's given the cliff notes. Because Tolkien wasn't good at writing battle scenes, at least at least for for Hobbit, and like he didn't spend too much time on it. Yeah, just like real quick, what they happen is he gets knocked out right as the battle's beginning, wakes up after it's all done, and the guy. You basically just give them the cliff notes of the war, the the war app, the battle afterwards, which is cool. It works and everything. But then they made a movie based off basically the spark notes of the war. Yeah, the so, uh, yeah. Hunger Games Mockingjay Part One, from what I understand, is like literally just like it's like filler, and then then the second part they beat uh, Donald Sutherland in the first forty five minutes, and then you do the rest of the movie is just an epilogue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, the they also forty five minutes. One of my favorite actors. Charles most critical white out of the movie, and I'll never forgive them. Rip. I don't know who that is. You don't I'm know who that is. A, uh, I'm terrible <laughs> with names. Okay, there's there's a there's a there's a streamer slash gamer on YouTube by the name of Moist Critical or Penguin Zero. He was an He's extra. Critical. Okay, in okay. The hunt. yeah, him. No, no, I remember this now. Yeah, he was supposed. To, he was an extra in the Hunger Games Mockingjay Part One, but his scene got cut. Fuck. All right, moving on. Planets and why a single biome is boring. 
So this is a common sci-fi trope it's, it's Star Wars especially guilty of, despite there being literally like millions of possible planets in a galaxy, all of them have one thing in common. All desert, all city, all ocean, all forest, all taiga, all frozen. Desert. Why? Because it's hard Personally, to come up with planets. Yes, laziness is most likely is what I have written down. Uh, it's just it's just a lot easier to have a world that's populated by one people and there's only one biome. And like I'm like 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 one biome planets exist in real life. Like if you look at our solar system, we're the only planet that's got biomes. But you'll have like these sci-fi worlds where there aren't multi-biome planets, and every planet for some reason just has like one people living on it. So my my recommendation to to future aspiring sci-fi writers is that while single biome planets have a place in your universe, include some diversified worlds. I've got, I've got like, aliens living on it and are have multiple races. And I don't mean, like, like your, like, hub planets, all, like, like, uh, like, like the races converge on. I mean, like, an Earth where there's, like, continents and they have different um, uh, biomes and there are multiple, like, species or, like, races. Like, like, like how there are like multiple types of human beings that inhabit certain parts of the planet. Yeah, like black people. I'm sorry, we're gonna get that completely open for that one. (laughs) I have that in the I have that in the document. But would you guys like to talk about uh, more on plants in sci-fi? Maybe even discussing what your favorite planet is or planet. I wouldn't have much to add in for that. My favorite planet from science fiction is Sargasso from the Ratchet and Clank franchise. (laughs) No, no, but seriously, why? If that's a serious answer, give me why. Uh, it's it's not your no. Wait, hold on. Am I remembering the name of Sargasso correctly? Hold on. Am I retarded? I don't know. Why is why is the bit? I feel like this is a bit of a meme here. Okay, it is. It's a dinosaur swamp planet. Amazing. And you can climb on the dinosaurs. And as a kid, I nearly shit myself because it was so cool. Amazing. <laughs> but, uh... Um, yeah, that's about it. Uh, my, my favorite planet growing up from a sci-fi thing was uh, Mustafar from Revenge of the Sith. Because when I was five years old, Revenge of the Sith was the most awesome-tacular thing ever to be ever made in the history of ever. I mean, you still kind of is. Uh, fight me on it. But uh, Mustafar, because I really liked fire and just like this like volcanic like death world was like really, really cool. I tend to like worlds that have uh, uh, like something dangers. fucky going on. Uh, like uh, there's a planet, it's the Empire homeworld in Star Wars Republic. It's called Droman Kos. And the whole, the whole planet is just night. Like it's just entirely night. And then... It's got a constant lightning storm, so it's just constantly like really moody. And then like the like the Sith like Imperial like uh, buildings are very like goth, not gothic looking, but it's very like dark blue, lots of grays, very like a lot of reds. It's just like a very dark, dreary, and evil place, and I love it. Uh, side note: obligatory honorary mention. One Piece basically does this, except with the islands and not planets, <laughs> like literally exactly this it's got it's a different like one culture one people per island type of thing which makes much more sense than a whole than a whole planet uh each island is typically its own 
completely horseshit weird thing that only it has and nothing else does. I think, uh, yeah, it was um, the island Usopp went to is literally just a giant Venus flytrap. It just eats everything on the island every once in a while. Yeah, the, yeah the, was it the whole thing or was it just a big plant in the middle? No, it's literally the whole island. Like, it just has shit tons of plants and fauna and dirt on it to lure things in. That's why it's got so much good food on it. That's right. I and then it now. Eat, tries to eat everything. Also, a favorite, one of my favorite real life planets. Um, uh, what's it called? It it is it is uh, labeled as HD one HD one eight nine seven three three B. It rains molten glass. Oh yeah, so there you're, also, it, the, it, does it do, rain it sideways? I think so. Uh, it also uh, winds get up to fifty four hundred miles per hour. Holy that's shit! Probably why it, that's probably why it rains it sideways. <laughs> uh, I think there's another here. one that rains fucking diamonds or something like that. Yeah, that's yeah, epic. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, tidally locked to its parent star, meaning it has a permanent day and night. Temperature range of 973 Kelvin. I don't know what the tr the translation is, but I can tell you that that's it's very hot. hot. <laughs> very hot. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, there there's oxygen on it. That's one thing. Oh, good. Uh, yes. Thank you. Let's go now. Shall we get onto oh, the and, robot? Uh, yeah. Fuck this podcast. Let's go. Yeah, 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 yeah just, just one more fact about it. Um... Oh, uh, when it gets 700 degrees Celsius on the planet, all the water evaporates and reacts with the methane, and then the atmosphere becomes pure carbon monoxide. Hey. Nap time is enforced strictly on this planet. <laughs> Alright. <clears throat> How to make people care about your robot fanfiction. Alright, David Cage, in the audience, I played a call-out post. <laughs> Alright. Again, <clears throat> follow my, heed my words and repeat after me. Do not mm -hmm. handle complex racial subjects by making robots your allegory if you are not qualified or good enough to write it. I would say just don't do it at all because robots, <laughs> believe it or not, racial minorities aren't synthetic life. That, that's what you, what you do, think. If, which is worse, David Cage's take on it, or fucking day sex, mankind divided. Hard to I, say. I, I, I haven't, I, I haven't played mankind divided, but I heard they tried to treat the the augmented people like like how the people were treated yeah. in South Africa. Like they tried to make an, an like an, they, an apart, they, apart, apart, apartheid. They used the term mechanical apartheid <laughs> more than once. Also, how do you oppress the group of people who quite literally could, you know? Like so it's like it's like a three foot guy trying to pick on a fucking jack six foot bodybuilder, and then the bodybuilder being the repressed guy. It's like this doesn't make any fucking sense. Wouldn't it make way more fucking sense to go the other way around? Matrix. Yeah, and we have, uh, as Matt just wrote in, an honorary mention to the X Men, which is how to do this properly with your allegorical um, that can be applied to any group without singling out one one other group. Now the problem 
with like fiction that uses robots as an oppressed people. I mean, it could be anything. So like, like you got your robots. They got to sit back in the back of the bus. And you know, what? they're not going to sit in the back of the bus. They're not going to drink from the other drinking fountains. They're not. They're not. They're, they want to use our bathrooms. They're going to rise up. But the problem with this, Mister Cage, is that you are assuming that nobody thinks robots are cool or useful or like in the like in Deus Ex. Are you telling me that people don't see people with robot arms walking? I was like, oh my god, that's so cool. Where can I get one? I imagine it'd become part of the daily routine at some point. I mean, fucking kids nowadays think iPads and phones are just totally normal everyday things. I remember when they invented that shit. I I mean, I mean, sure, but like, like nobody in this universe is like, like, like. Like, 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 everyone is just like, oh, ugh, robots. What's one of those? Like, nobody's like, oh, it's, it's like, oh, like, no one's like, oh, boy, I love robot. Oh, my God, I can't wait to get, like, robot legs and be jumping off, like, walls and shit. Like, that, that's what people would do in real life, but apparently those people don't exist in these fictions. And then another thing is that people would just trash and mistreat their expensive-ass hardware. I spent $200,000 on an Android. I could just buy another one. I'm going to beat him, and I'm going to, like, throw in the closet. Now, if your name is Blindness Tech Tips, you probably mistreat your hardware anyway, and people can be jerks. But, like, if you try to, like, scratch a dude's car, for example, he's going to try to kill you. And if you're telling me that if my, like... If if you bumped into some guy's robots and he came home with a ding, that that guy wouldn't try to sue you for all your money, especially because that robot probably has a record of doing it, like like in its like visual like memory banks or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I was and gonna that, say that. Um, so, go ahead. I'll let you finish. Oh yeah, the the last PowerPoint is that is that that, that immediately this fit, like the like robots are just automatically just gonna steal everybody's jobs and whatever, and that they're gonna replace. Humans and everything. Everyone's gonna be unemployed and homeless and be really resentful against the robot workforce. Yep. What I was gonna yeah. say was, uh, X Men not only does this better than the robots do, I think it also does it way, way, way worse in some ways because some people try to make it seem like the mutants are just absolutely nothing is weird about them. You know, nothing. They can't. They shouldn't be treated remotely differently at all. Fucking Cyclops could kill people by staring at them. That is not a normal person problem. Most people don't have to deal with that or even remotely worry about it. Uh, if you do go for some kind of, oh, I'm going to make an allegory for an oppressed minority, please, God, don't tell me that black or gay people can shoot deadly laser beams out of their eyes. That's not a thing! Last I checked. Citation. The gays have been hiding yeah. their superpowers all this time. Well, yep. uh, we'll phone up Michael and, tell, and ask him what kind of superpowers that he has. But, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, so, this basically goes down to subtlety. Like, um, if you want to make a story about the plight of, like, a manufactured and oppressed, like, workforce that nobody cares about, like, they built a bunch of robots and they're using them to, like, mine your unobtainium and, and like, they break down and they're being overworked and the gay science and they don't want to do that, that's a perfect, like, cusp of a story, but it's about subtlety. You shouldn't be, like, they made all the androids dark-skinned. 
or like the android comes out and says, like, yo, what up, my homie? We got we we gonna rise up and she is. Yeah. Like, all of all of the robots were short and stout, and they had like these slanted eyes. Like y- your your robots shouldn't be Jews. They shouldn't be Asians. And of course, when I say that, I'm not I'm not trying to be racist. But like, you shouldn't like you know robots aren't black people. They're Asian people. They aren't blind people. They aren't deaf people. They aren't yada yada yada. Group 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 group. They're their mm-hmm. own thing. They're their own people in your universe. Because you know what? Those those oppressed minority groups probably exist in your universe anyway. Probably maybe. Like in Detroit, become human because it's because it's like 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 they try to make the the androids like black. Like they have to say the 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 back of the bus. Black people exist in Detroit. Become human, and also. We put people in the backs of the buses in Detroit Become Human, and you're telling me that we would just do that again? That no one would be like, why are you killing these robots? Sergio, there are people trying to do racially segregated graduations now. It's so non-racist to bring back segregation. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Yeah, that's what all the cool people do nowadays. I don't want to drink in the same water fountain as Kieran. I'm going to build my own water fountain. <laughs> yes. One that's shorted for, for you. Also, to be absolutely yeah. clear about it all these cheap. points, I'm going to steal the phrase, Sergio. Orcs should not be black people. Yes, there's moving on. Alien cultures and civilizations. Why orcs shouldn't be black people. Now, as we mentioned above, your alien culture should most likely be avoid being racial stereotypes, and I'm going to put George Lucas on blast. Uh, we got the Nemoidians from the, the prequels who are like... Hold on, hold on, hold on. Dark I have to go Sidious. take a massive super piss. Please continue. I will be muted. It makes us like a for next to his computer. Anyways. You know, they're like, oh, now there are two of them. Senator Amadal, like they're talking in this like, like thick, like uh, you know, stereotypical Asian accent. Hold up, my uh, my headset. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep talking. Don't talk back to me because I got um my my headsets dying. Hold on, I, I actually got it. Uh, all right. So yeah, you got like in Star Wars, you got your Nemoidians, which are your your Asian stereotypes. You got like the Toy Darians, like you know Watto from Episode One. He's like. Uh, Obi Wan Kenobi. I could, uh, I could. He's got a big nose too, yeah. and he's like, I could, uh, I could. He's all about the money. Credits. Um, yeah. Uh, George Lucas has a thing of making alien races j- just in. I mean, I, I think it's, I think it's in a way kind of smart that you, you make the diversity by making like the, the different alien races like different actual cultures. Like all Twi'leks are French. They all have like French accents. And that that's that's done. Well, the Twi'leks aren't like supposed to be France, but so, sometimes he he went a little too heavy-handed with the the like Twi'leks not a stereo. The the the, the skeevy like separatists, Nemoidians, and the Toydarians are very much stereotypes. Not not good. Mm-hmm. And you can do this in smart ways, like like we're talking about Star Wars. Like the Empire is like the space Nazis, like 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 like. Like they got stormtroopers. Um, like a lot of their stuff is based on like Nazi Germany, but they're all British. They're not German. You can make 
a race be kind of a stand-in for like an actual people, but you shouldn't degrade them in any sort of way. Like, you know, don't make your guys the stereotypical Asians and also the bad guys. Don't make a guy that sounds like a stereotypical Middle Eastern guy, and he's, like, trying to swindle you, and he's got, like, a big nose, and he's, like, owning slit like, bad look. Not good. <laughs> Maybe um, back yeah, to the like, board on that one. Like, 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 you're a, like, you're a press little group of space dwarves, you're androids, they shouldn't just be, like, space Jews or gypsies or whatever like that. And and like if you have a barbarian generic horde race is just like that they're they shouldn't be black stereotypes like extra credits extra credits if you're listening to this um stick your head up your ass and never never pull it out well actually you probably should so you stop making dumb I remember videos hearing there being hubbub about them what do they do okay so okay so they made they made two 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 videos that got hubbub the first one was called stop normalizing Nazis and it oh, begins with brilliant. It, it, it's with like you, you didn't ask good. for this. You never, you never wanted this. But you're playing Call of Duty, and all of a sudden, you're a Nazi. You didn't ask for this. You didn't want it. But they, but they've, they've turned you into a not, not. Basically, his whole argument is that in like war games and like fiction, the the normalization of playing as a historically villainous faction is normalizing it and making the like the impact that they had in real life less. Oh, are we talking about uh? It's about the same logic that all gamers should hate, which is the whole it turns us into mass murderers. You know, the same that's the same logic that would instantly all of us would are you know knee jerk say that's not fucking true at all. Yeah, you told me he used the same logic that he would be arguing against for that. Amazing. Yep. What was the other one that got and people then, pissed? And then his other video uh, was a uh, um how uh. Uh, fantasy games perpetuate uh, negative racial stereotypes, and he decided to put in a, a orc holding a coffee cup with an old next to a picture of an old lady holding the coffee cup, and she's he's like, if you treat this race bad, then you might treat this race bad in real life. Which is what? complete fucking insanity. Hello, yeah, back. he's like, uh, you know, these like uh, these 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 races in these games that are treated like horribly, and they're just like all done. They're 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 stand-ins for real races, okay, which is why you know we have to say orcs aren't black people. Drow, I don't I don't know. And people have problems with like drow and dark elves. I don't know if they're supposed to be Asians or something, but they're not. Okay, they're they're not because th- this is a fallacious argument. Because if you go to me and say Sergio. Orcs are black people, and then I go to you. Well, what what about them makes you think we're black people? You you will most likely say, well, they're big and they're dumb and they don't speak properly. And then I'm like, shit, <laughs> no. Yeah, just the statement, orcs are like black people, is itself perhaps the most hilariously racist thing. Ever. See, and I know a lot of see, people. Yeah. <laughs> you know, here's where you don't get it, though. It's not that I'm a racist. It's because it's other people out there. Who are the other people? Don't worry. They're out there. It's so evident. I don't even have to pull no, no, any no, actual no, example, no. guys. And we don't want them being able to think this way, guys, because they're totally out there and they're totally a big, yeah. giant problem, guys. Don't worry about it. Trust me on this one. Mm-hmm. Now, um, 
now, 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 don't, don't get me wrong. Like, if if you find a like a like a sci-fi book and they've got this evil group of d- dark warriors that live in mud huts and they go, ooh, ooh, ah, ooh, ooh, ah, that then I could be like, okay, that guy needs to like tone it down a bit because that that that's a stereotype right there. But just just having just like a generic group of dumb barbarians, not 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 a not an allegory for black people and. I, I might even go so far as to say that having a depiction of a very tribal culture, potentially even for somewhat comedic relief, is that really that fucking bad? I mean, tribal culture no, 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 existed I, I, in real beings. life. <laughs> no, 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 I, 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 I was more specifically talking about, like, you, you pick up a, a book really and it's, it's off, like, like yeah. very clear. Like, very clear he's trying to just, like, dis, like... Like I I don't like if this like if there was a like a culture of like uh very effeminate gay men who all talked in French accents like okay this is you're just you're just clowning on France here yeah yeah but again I see so many people who have I I would hope it's because they have been incorrectly influenced to believe that any kind of a depiction of a tribal culture is somehow racist to some oppressed racial minority in that they don't actually believe racial minorities are like that. But, good God, looking at Twitter specifically, calm the fuck down. Alright, that's my little rant on it. Uh, Alright, next, we have something I mentioned in our last Howie fanon, but first I would like to say an extra fuck you to extra credits. You're a glue huffing paint eater, and uh, I, 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 and I, and I hope you have a very bad day. Moving on, technology, the quantum debacle, and other tropes that should be divided. Obey the laws of thermodynamics, you plebs. Yep. Uh, so first, we'll start with the obvious: quantum, blah blah blah. So if you want to, if you want to know what it means, quantum is a word used by physicists to describe the properties of particles. If your object or your thing doesn't pertain to fundamental forces, particles, protons, quarks, blah 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 blah, it's not quantum. Stop putting it in front of things. Nextly, technology is not a substitute for magic. While your technology can do like many like amazing things that are not possible in real life, because you know this fiction we can make it work out. They there needs to be some kind of base level understanding of how this thing might work. You need to suspend my disbelief where I can say, okay, this this thing this thing could exist in real life and I could use it. And one of the most like I I, I think like important things that you should follow should never break is the first law of thermodynamics, which I will explain to you here because I'm sure most people listening don't know what it is. If you do. Great for you, but I'm going to explain it for the layperson. So, first law of thermodynamics says that energy can be converted to one form or another through the interaction of heat, work, or internal energy, but it can't create or destroy things under any circumstances. This means that you know if you start out with like you you, you can't you can't blow up atoms, like you can't blow up matter. If you want, like things need to convert into something. The law of equivalent exchange. I mean, not, I mean, not, I mean, I mean, not not like equally. Like obviously, like if you burn something, like you think it's going to give off heat, and you know, energy is going to be lost. But you should be able to account for the energy that you, that's being put into things to make something happen. Yeah, you know, um, things can't just magically pop into existence. Like if you got a device, it it can't just like be like it's got to be powered by something. It's got to come from somewhere. And uh, 
you know, it's okay to break this if you want to, but you should understand the first law of thermodynamics is a big fucking rule to break. It is yes, and, and the rule. Th- th- there are ways. I've, 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 I've listed them. Um, tr- like, for example, if you want to think like pop existence, tra- transmutation. Atoms rearrange themselves into the object that you that you want. There's no breaking of the law of thermodynamics. You took an equal amount of atoms and rearranged them and, you know, pulled protons and all stuff. But, like, you turned your iron into the exact amount of gold. And you can make up some fancy sci-fi reason why that happened. Or, like, if you got, like, a like if you got if you got like your like your magic user and like 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 your magic user shouldn't just like like he just creates fire from his hands he should like pull that energy from another dimension or like from like around him like like if he's got like 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 cryo power say he's freezing like the moisture in the air to create his ice he's not just like like ice is just forming out of nowhere mhm and then another thing uh, we're going to talk about is we're gonna ha- this is basically the physics lesson. Sit down, children. We're going to give you a basic crash course in some physics. So space travel. So if you all aren't aware, there is a hard in real life and in in your universe because you shouldn't change this because it fucks bunch you up. There is a natural speed limit. Speed of light is three three times ten to the eighth power meters per second. I'm not converting that to to football fields or yards or whatever, furlongs, whatever you use, is, is, is that amount, and it can't get any faster. And, and if you're gonna say, like, oh, yeah, there's a, um, like, you know, there's, like, like we've got space travel, we go over the galaxy, you need to break the speed limit, because the speed limit isn't fast enough. You know, the, the nearest star to us is 4.7 light years, that means if you're traveling at light speed, it will take that, um, that amount of time to get there, it's like 4.7 years. There's also another thing called time dilation, where if you travel at the speed of light, you won't age. But every like, like you'll you'll go you'll go the four light years, and you'll be like, cool. It's only been like three seconds. Like like for me, it's like I've only aged three seconds. But all of a sudden, it's 2025, and everyone's like, hey, Sergio, I haven't seen you in four years. Like, but that, but it didn't it didn't feel like four years. So that's a problem. You got to fix it. So how how do you, how do you fix this problem? You ignore well, it. I'm gonna tell you. <laughs> Well, I, there are there are ways. Well, I mean, you could you could just ignore and just be like, yeah, they just they just go really fast. But that's, they just cryo sleep. That's, that's tiny brain. We're big brain. Yeah, that's that that's that's tiny. I mean, I mean, you could also cryo sleep is another thing where if they aren't uh, experiencing the effect of time dilation, go into what's called like cryo sleep, where they basically are in like a stasis. So when they wake up, um, time is still progressing normally, but they haven't aged. Um, and, and presumably, if it's like hundreds and hundreds, then the people like on Earth's descendants will be taking care of them. So the most scientifically sort of plausible option is the warp drive. So you take an infinite amount of energy, your universe is unobtainium, or more realistically, something like antimatter, and you warp space around the object, like you, you pull the space around it, like you warp space to make it move faster than light. And this solves the, the dilation problem. Then there's the hyperspace route where ships enter a dimension where the laws of physics don't apply and you can go as fast as you want. Um, you don't experience any time in hyperspace and time doesn't affect anywhere else. So in and out, five minutes, um, barely any time has passed in real time and no time has passed for you. Or um, it, it's, it works like the nether, like in Minecraft, where like 
five feet and the dimension is like 10 feet so you can go like a certain like shortened distance in that and then pop out um usually this would be like folding space time over on itself which is actually what a what a uh a, a wormhole would be um uh you you could make it so your drive creates a wormhole which basically folds space in on itself and then takes a pen and breaks a hole through it so you can move it there are many ways to go about this that are like cool and somewhat based in theoretical physics that you can use and you can make your world a little a little deeper rather than oh yeah it just goes really fast or uh mass effects for example has them using uh mass effect fields that remove the mass from an object so it can break the speed of light and just go as fast as it wants to. I need a drink, because that, that, that was a lot. That was a lot. Yeah. That was a lot. Ooh. I hope y'all are feeling educated. I'm feeling very um, educated. Next is uh, unobtainiums. You want me to take uh, so over this for this? A, uh... You can. I just realized that I left an energy drink in the uh, freezer for two hours, so I'm gonna go grab that before it explodes. Don't uh, go with the pot now. Yeah, you can feel free to keep going. Maybe discuss some of the stuff I talked about. Unobtainiums. So, Kieran, what oh. is unobtainium? Uh, whatever the writer needs it to be. Mm, I like that answer. It makes me able to do whatever I want. And that's basically what it is. Everything. It's an energy source. It's a miracle material. It's a medical marvel. It's a... You can be weaponized. It it does everything. It does everything that you want it to, except for the things that would break your plot. It can never do those things. Except it almost always does at some point if you have any kind of long-running... You just pretend like it's not a solution when it's not convenient for the plot you want. Yep. So there's a lot of examples that we could come up with. Uh, Sergio didn't put in a list here, but I think it's because it's just so fucking easy to come up with one. Uh, avatars, the term, the the place where the term unobtainium comes from, I think, because it's literally called unobtainium yeah, in that movie. <laughs> Which should be called something else because you literally have some in your hand, so clearly it's obtainable. Yeah, although we have we have actual elements in the real world called like Americanium, Francium, Einsteinium, like they're dumb names for everything. Like it's like he literally has a hunk of it in his hands. It's like, well, that word's not a that name's not applicable anymore. What did I miss? Uh, we're just introducing unobtainiums and what they are. They're basically just the super material. Oh, oh yeah, oh, the yeah. Thing don't that do the avatar thing and want. actually name your thing unobtainium, because that's yep. really on the head and it just yeah, makes you look dumb. Yeah, but don't say it. Yep. yep. It's just, it's a massive loophole for world building in almost every situation, specifically with a, a W-lettered... Uh, city that we're going to talk about a little bit because it's the one that's most egregious to me in a lot of ways. Yeah, uh, uh, I was just going to say if it hasn't been said already, don't don't be afraid to have a like a, a, a like a, like an element or something. Um, like in like Mass Effect, they got Element Zero, and that's how they activate the Mass Effect fields. Or um, Star Wars, they have uh, Bacta. I, I think. Guess. Well, well, there's Bacta, but the the thing that allows hyperspace travel, I think it's. Are they mining on Kessel Twanagas? I can't remember what it is, but Chlorians? like it, it's <laughs> that's for the force. We're, we're gonna we're, we're gonna we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about midichlorians soon. But um, <laughs> basically, like 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 fe- feel free to go ahead and make like 
some kind of element or something that explains your gobbledygook because you can you can give it limitations without having to put the glasses on and put it in the periodic table and give it you could just say like okay it can do this this and this but it can't do this yeah and it's not to say that we don't want you to do we don't think that any of these things should ever be done it's that they're usually done so poorly that it breaks immersion in the world and is just very poorly yeah, written yeah, if, if you have something nebulous um then because because then you can just just make it you can almost turn it into magic and this is sci-fi like we're like i know we're talking about vibranium like this we you start you start with captain america the first avenger right and you're told vibranium it it holds vibrational energy in its bonds and this one makes it really strong it's a very hard metal it absorbs like it absorbs shock waves and force like hey like you know uh thor can smash his hammer on it and it creates like a shock wave outwards but captain america can stand there okay fine i'll accept it okay but then and then you see black panther and he's like okay he's got a suit out of vibranium he's basically invincible he can scratch captain america's shield because they're the same element but then you get to like black panther and then it's like yeah you can do anti-gravity lifts you can uh put it on your dick and it'll make it make it bigger like you can just do anything medical marvel weaponized yeah it's just it's nonsense at that point and not to mention i'm gonna put this in here i know it's not actually its own topic but fucking stop ignoring economies stop ignoring real world trade or politics to the point that it just doesn't make any sense like 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 like, like, like i know you're a, you're adapting you're adapting comic books and it's exa- like 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 i'm not i'm not faulting you for 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 putting the source material into the movie but maybe you should sit down and go maybe we need to apply some logic to this just a little bit of logic yeah like um in the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies not only do they um give him organic webbing to cut down on the the time of him having to invent them in the movie, but it also fix a really big plot hole. That's in a lot of early Spider-Man origin stories, which is why he doesn't immediately think of just black market selling his webbing or just, I think he, I think he actually did try to sell it and it didn't work out. Like it was like, yeah, nobody wants this, which but is, that doesn't which make is any dumb sense. because, because it, because in real real life, we, we studied spider silk for body armor. People would very much like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, there's... like spider silk is really strong. Like, like that's not like like obviously silk is a little exaggerated because well, he like makes and does stuff to it. But spider silk is an amazing like fabric material yeah. thingy. He at is the it... very least could find some kind of clothes person cl- clothier who could use it. it uh, there's so it's many like... ways he could just get rich. <laughs> Right this is like the opposite it. problem of Wolverine, where no one was really complaining about the claws. In fact, that they used to actually just be part of the costume and not actually physically in his hands. But mm-hmm. then they had yeah, this statement: uh... "This is ridiculous. How are we supposed to explain this?" Ah, uh, yes. We'll see. They were actually bones originally that got coated. Yes, that is yeah. what his claws are all about. Which is like the weirdest thing from, uh... I've ever seen because they fixed the problem that uh... didn't need fixing. As mm-hmm. I'm seeing from here, uh, Spider Dragline Silk has a tensile strength of roughly 1.3 gigapascals. The tensile strength listed for steel might be slightly higher, 1.6 gig, 1.65 gigapascals. But Spider Silk is a much less dense material, so that a given weight of Spider Silk is five times as strong as the same weight of steel. It's really cool stuff, and you know what? You can't be telling me that nobody would want to get their hands on, on like a butt, like it, like if you could go, I can make you five tons of silk in three days. 
Yeah, not the, to the mention cash um, would be piling up in your bedroom. Not to mention construction stuff. Like, there's so many applications for it that it, uh, whatever. That it's it's just good good uh, good practice to try to cut down on any kind of world breaking stuff like that when you can. I mean, obviously, it doesn't matter most of the time in Spider Man comics, but again, it, it's a bit of a plot hole because when he later goes on to become super duper rich, why? Why didn't he just do this in the first place? Uh, that's all I have to say about that. Oh, also, yeah, fuck Wakandan um, economics. All my homies hate Wakandan economics. Wait, so what's the problem with their economics? They oh, somehow... They are the world's richest country with a trillion GDP, but they've never traded with anyone. <laughs> yeah... Yeah. They have literally let no no one else into their country for hundreds of years. Also, as an aside about Wakandan politics, they do not help anybody else in Africa at any point, yet some of them are still mad about people doing things to African countries. Like, you, do you, are you isolationists? Do you think you're better than the rest of Africa, or do you care about them? There's only two ways to go here. They want their cake and to eat it too. Yep. What were we gonna say, Serge? All right. Um. No, I was just I was just explaining to Kieran what the problem with Wakanda and economics. I think somebody wrote a paper on it. Um. I think somebody made a video too. Economics. <laughs> yeah. I th just like I, I did a very interesting paper where I sent Matt, where um a physics professor uh, uh no, it was a chemistry professor asked his students where he thought the brain would land on the on the periodic table and it's actually a pretty good read of where where it might like like they give a pretty like plausible like where it might be it might have to displace a certain element but like in general they're, they're like yeah it'd probably fall into this family cool but i also think there is a paper on why wakanda doesn't work yeah there's at least a video i remember seeing it in my recommended once in a while all right so if we're done talking about um oh yeah oh yeah let's let's just throw this out there sci-fi writers have no sense of scale yep Yep, no sense of okay. scale, not at uh, all. Let, for, for example, let's just let's just use the Milky Way as an example. Uh, how many star? Because 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 look, all of us have have like 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 as a human being, human beings have problems with with scale, just just in, in general. And the Milky Way is a big place, like unfathomably big. Uh, there are four hundred billion stars in the Milky Way galaxy. You probably can, couldn't even visualize that. There's four hundred billion of them. I can't. It's too much. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you can't. Now, 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 not only is there a billion stars, but let's say they all have eight planets. That's a lot of planets. And let's just say, let's just say, like one of one of each is is inhabited, maybe two, maybe three. And I, I don't know, like, like maybe one in every million has a like a sentient race that's spacefaring. Like, like space is huge. And sci-fi sci writers make it seem like very small because obviously it becomes very, uh, very hard to, you know, come up with stu stuff for like this really big place. And uh, just to give you like a size, um, yeah, Milky Way is a hundred thousand light years across, which of course that's a that's a distance that you could never possibly imagine. Yeah, it's but the scale is mostly what unfathomable. I mean. Yeah, well, obviously, like, like I'm not, I'm not expecting you to like, yeah, you got to fill up the Milky Way way or whatever. But the problem comes with it's like, 
a good example is the Star Wars canon novel Aftermath, where um, you know the Empire just lost it at Endor, and like the person who Palpatine put in charge of uh, like in the, like doing his like like after plans for like like his like his contingency plan, she goes to Coruscant and she goes. Um, uh, the, uh, like, 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 uh, like, we've lost, like, 75% of all of our Star Destroyers. The Empire only made a hundred of them. They made a hundred dreadnoughts to patrol a galaxy that is a hundred thousand light years wide and has 400 billion star systems. Yep. That's insane. Or, there are only three million clones. That is not enough clones to fight World War II on the American side. Yeah, it's... Scale is completely beyond the grasp of so many fi- science fiction authors. Maybe when they hear uh, the way they just... This is a thing, but you ever notice that space battles are always on the same plane? Like, like no, yeah, that, nobody's like, yeah. up, down, sideways. I've always, I've always kind of thought that in the back of my mind. It's, like, it's great that everyone just agrees that where the, the zero zero plane is in the universe. And no one just tends to get the upper hand by literally coming from any other direction. And, and again, this is just, it's just like a very human thing where we're, where we can, where we're only like, we're just used to imagining things on just like a 2D plane. We're not used to being like, because space is like a bubble. And also everyone lands like, like right in the middle. And it no one ever fights like on the bottom of the planet or like right above the top. It's usually like just like right in front. Nobody's yeah. ever on the sides either, or like or like they showed up like behind the planet and they got to move around. Like everyone's just like 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 coming at each other like dead on. I mean, depending on how you look at it, everything is the top of the planet and everything else is the bottom. Or maybe you're already well, on well, the bottom. Well, you don't. No, nobody's fighting like above like the Arctic Circle, and then there's some people fighting like in Antarctica, and then some people are fighting like where Asia would be, and then, like, where America... Like, you get what I mean? Like, Yeah, but, like, why would you split up your forces? It does kind of make sense that they would all want to fight in generally a similar location. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, obviously they want to fight, like, where the people are, but what I'm saying is, like, um, just just in the depiction of, like, ships coming in, there, it's always, like... Like like everyone is directly like on like a like a like a like a flat plane. Everyone oh, just, yeah, like, yeah. comes in. Nobody, no, no nobody accidentally. I don't know went like too far down. It, like nobody comes in like 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 dots up and down, up and down, up and down. Yep, always that flat plane. Or like 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 because 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 also space is like you know completely up and down. No, like I said, nobody fights about like uh, like on top of where a planet would be or like below it. Or like on different sides of it, it's always like directly right in front of it on like one axis, and everyone's just like kind of at the equator. Um. Anyhow, magic in space. What's this shit? Yeah, yeah. Of the f- the, I I I got these great lecture worthy titles for it. Maybe these could be panels of the force and war. Putting a magic system into your sci-fi fantasy. How do sci-fi fantasy correctly? So. Uh, mainly your 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 main reason for putting a, a sci-fi fantasy is usually just throwing magic in it, because because technically a because sci- technically a sci-fi is basically a fantasy, in a, in a way, because because like fa- yeah, so you gotta have a magic system. So how do you go about it? And and you will find out after I take a sip of this uh, Mountain Dew. <laughs> you treat it like unobtainium, mm. and uh, what can the force do? Whatever we needed to do. 
Eh, well, no, well, well, no. Actually, no. The for the for the force does does have limits that I'll that'll get get. Ignatius, the limits go on. <laughs> well, yeah, the sequel trilogy is complete nonsense, but bad, when it comes to the writers. prequels, yeah, when it comes to the prequel trilogy, it's fairly consistent. Still, there's just a yeah, lot like, more like, usage no, no, of it. Like, like, like nobody's throwing fireballs at each other and making things appear out of nowhere about the force. But so. As I mentioned before, sci-fi is all about stretchings, like the boundaries of science. Like it's it's heavily heavily based in science. So your magic system needs to be like a like a studied like field. Like magic is just like gravity or magnetics is a part of your world. So you gotta, you know, give something other than oh yeah, it's magic. I can just uh, I can just uh, wave my hands and things will disappear. So it should follow like certain principles, like I mentioned before, with like drawing energy from things. Um, your magic users should have like a reason for their powers. Like it's a gene. They got exposed to something. They got like these little microorganisms in their cells that allow them to become more sensitive to the field that permeates all life in the galaxy. Now, don't get me wrong. This stuff is still magic, but it's like it's studied. Like it's it's a it's a part of like it's it's a science almost. It's a magical science. But they have some uh, like like you have some understanding of what this magic like thing is. Um, and I have I have three great examples: uh, Biotics from Mass Effect, the Warp from 40K, and the Force from Star Wars. No, we're not biased. No, we do. No, we don't. We we definitely don't reference Star Wars and 40K as much as possible when talking about sci-fi. We have we're we have a, a very narrow mind. We're we're a little biased. Very biased, in my opinion. Thought process I was just having is that uh in so a interesting magic system that I've seen in, in a video game is have you heard of Arcanum? Uh, uh no. I think you might have brought it up to me once. Yeah. So what goes on in Arcanum is that it's got a magic system in it, but it's in a world that has magic in the midst of an uh industrial revolution happening currently. And technological advancement, like steam engines and whatnot do not play well with magic. Like, mm-hmm. basically, magic and mechanical machines in the presence of one another caused each other to fuck up and go bad or not work properly. And it's, pro- it's like a proper uh, problem in the world. Like, uh, for instance, if you are wanting to ride a train, you have to answer a few questions like, do you have any magical artifacts on you? Are there any magic... Bi- or elemental people in your party or anything. And you, if you do, you're made to ride in the back of the train. Now, this is like, oh, it's just like, but here's the reason why. You're the furthest away from the engine of the train. There is a real, actual reason why you are, why this is happening to you. And it also, but it does happen that the rear of the train tends to not be the nicest, and that's why the first class tends to be up front. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And stuff like that's happening, but like that is real conflict that's in the world, and it's bred out of the logics of the world. To tie mentioning earlier, as opposed to oh, what's that? We just want to we, we need black. We need to say how black people are oppressed with the bus thing. We'll do the bus thing. How does that relate to our world? It doesn't. Yep, <laughs> it's just there because they're lazy and dumb. Yeah. So. I'll uh, I'll go into depth on my uh, my examples I have. So we have the force. So 
Uh, for for those of you who aren't major Star Wars Turbo nerds like I am, I'll I'll desc- I'll describe this for you. So there are actually two types of force. There's the cosmic force, which is what binds like the stars and the galaxies together, and then there's the living force, which is like this living. It's all it's like its own organism. It's a living field that all everything is connected to. Everyone's connected to the force. Some people are force sensitive, which means they can tap into the force to get you know uh, abilities. And obviously, you have like the dark side and you have the light side. And then the force manifests itself like uh, you get like telekinetics. There's like mind control. To to if you're a light sider, you got like the Jedi mind tricks. But if you're a Sith, you can like directly control like people like 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 dominate their minds to to do stuff. And then you have kind of the more magical stuff like voodoo. Like you can reanimate corpses as a more of like a dark side ability. You can obviously everyone knows force lightning. Um, you can make people have heart attacks. You can inflict plagues on people. Uh, you can mold and shape flesh. Like when you really get into the dark side, we do some like really horrible shit. But one of um, my fa- uh, one of my favorite Star Wars stories, which is a book called Old Republic Rev, and it has this description of something that I'll never forget. It almost like haunts me. Like like the description is really good. But in the book, um, the 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 Emperor from from like the Old Republic time from the like the, the emperor from the old republic time he uh found a way to drain the force completely out of a planet and all all like all the people there like he killed everything on the planet he absorbed all that living force into himself to become like almost like a dark side god and revan goes there and he describes it as everything is basically dead in like black and white and he describes like you can hear like this like screaming like a consistent like scream through the world and you like don't constantly focus like you, you'll just be like you'll you're like basically you'll have your like life sucked out like th- like this place is like a hole it's called like a wound in the forest it's a hole and if you aren't careful you'll get sucked i'm gonna, I'm gonna end my, my saying there you'll get stuck you'll get the big suck get sucked suck and then uh, another Sorry, I didn't make it off. It kind of sounds like a bit like uh, thermodynamics, essentially, with it almost. So, say if you removed all heat from the planet, you go there, all the heat would try to go out of your body to try to equalize. Of course, it's not going to be enough, so it's just going to get you fucking killed. It sounds mm-hmm. kind of like that kind of a logic going on. Yeah, yeah, kind of. And then uh, another great game um, uh, that I recommend if you're a Star Wars fan, you play is Knights of the Old Republic 2 because it really dives into the philosophy of like the Force. And one of the driving like things of the game and its antagonist Kreia is that basically she, ba- the game basically unravels and is like the Sith and the Jedi, at their at their peaks are absolutely horrible. And like the game of the the name of the game, the Sith Lords, is kind of a, a like a twofer because it can be referred to the, the actual villains of the game or the Jedi themselves. And Kreia, the, the main villain, basically has decided that. Um, uh, the Jedi and the Sith, like like lightsiders and darksiders, are always going to fight. They're always going to cause, uh, like you know, trouble in the galaxy. She she basically she even like breaks down like light side and dark side like morality choices. It's all bullshit. And she decides that I'm going to just blow. I'm going to blow up the Force. I'm going to destroy it. And while well, yes, this will kill all life in the galaxy, at least to her, it's more preferable than. The, the untold amounts of suffering that the light side and the dark side is going to be um, 
you know, inflicting on the galaxy. There's uh, a line where um, uh, a a uh, a companion you get, a robot who's played by Timmy's dad from Fairly Odd Parents. Um, he's technically a dark side companion, but his goal is to restore the Republic. And when you ask him what you can do, he gives you all. He tells you to do all the light side choices, but the last one, he says, there must be one religious order in the galaxy. Jedi or Sith, only one can exist because, um, because like with the Force, there's like because it's nature, there's a balancing act. There has to, you know, there there can't be too many dark sides, too many light sides. There's they're always just going to fight. He's basically just being like, yeah, Star Wars needs to end. <laughs> Star Wars can't keep going on. We can't have more good sides and bad siders. Basically, great game. Go play it. Um, yeah, and then we'll move on to the warp. Um. Warp is basically uh, in a, it's a, like in a similar vein to like the Force. Uh, it's used, but it, unlike the Force, it's used as like the universe's hyperspace. And most of its things is, it, or, like most of its magic is like psychic ability. So what? I, I, it, sci-fi fantasy really likes people who can shoot lightning for some reason. And then the Warp is also home to like gods and demons, but they aren't like like actual gods and demons they're like the manifestations of like negative emotions in the galaxy like to a moral human mind like the chaos gods and the warp are like like we we we're like okay they're they're, they're like gods but because the warp is fucky it, it's a realm of belief like all of our collective like dark side fill thoughts have created like this like this being of pure rot who has the abilities of a god but really when you get down to it in like a like, like if you get what what, what I mean, where as it's much not like we give them kind of deal. Yeah, uh, kind of. Except absolutely nobody understands it, so it's yeah. just sort of hell. Like orc magic. Yeah. <laughs> orc magic is an entirely and then, other um, thing. <laughs> uh, what's it called? And then we have uh, biotics in Mass Effect, where when I when I mentioned before, like like with like they have like the Mass Effect field for like gravity and physics and stuff like that. The biotics. Can use them, and it's not your typical telekinesis. And their 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 powers are basically pretty limited to just like doing lucky gravity things. Like they like there's like singularity where you create like a gravity well, and then people get stuck in it. Or like a biotic pull isn't like a telekinetic pull. It's more like 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 when you pull a person, it's like they don't have gravity affecting them anymore, and they just kind of like like fly around. Or you um. I'm I'm assuming from what biotic charge says is that you like you decrease your mass and you accelerate super fast into someone. You, yeah, basically, you just they're, they're like <laughs> you slam into them yeah, that warp speed. They're, 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 the magic is like physics warping. It's not a traditional like magic system. Like you don't want to be biotic pulling a cup to you because you're probably gonna just make it go flying. Uh, that's my big uh, uh, magic. Like this is Sergio lectures the audience on diff on on his favorite sci-fi worlds would anyone like to get their two cents in sith gay chaos dumb uh uh no sith based jedi gay i i i i I won't have any uh sith slander on this podcast bruh uh but in general um oh i know what i was gonna say I think the usage of the Force in the original trilogy of Star Wars is perhaps the most unabashedly patient 
strictly mature usage of a mystic energy I have ever seen in any work of fiction. You go back to the very first Star Wars movie, A New Hope. You could make an argument that the Force wasn't even real half the time. It's so very vaguely utilized. There's, I, I think I counted, there's less than 10 things in that movie, scenes, concepts, moments, characters, that are related to the Force distinctly. There's Obi-Wan, there's Vader, he Force chokes a guy, doesn't he, no, does he Force choke two? I can't remember. He, he, so he chokes uh, the he chokes guy, guy in episode four. And well, then... like, he, 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 chokes, he chokes the guy in the boardroom, and then he kills uh, Admiral Ozzel at the beginning of episode five, like, over the viewing. Right. And then right. there's an implied that, because, like, there, there's a cut where, where Vader's talking to a corpse on the floor. He might have forced choked that guy, he might have choked him randomly. But there's a guy dead, maybe an implied force usage there. Who knows? But, um, you know, you see the Jedi mind trick a single time. And it's barely even... It's glossed over, really. And uh, Obi-Wan doesn't use the Force more than two times. He uses it to make a noise, and then he uses the Force to Jedi mind trick somebody. That's it. That's it. That's all they got. And Vader can Force choke somebody, but, like, what? What? He doesn't do anything else? Really? That's just really Oh, this is also an- another thing. Uh, mm-hmm. There's another thing I, I want to throw in of... Uh... Uh, both of these three three things I mentioned, the Force, Warp, and Biotics, is that bo- both of these, these power systems have specifically defined powers, this is what you should do, you should specifically define powers of what they can do. Like, you know, pull, push, choke, uh, you know, throw, mind trick, blah, 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 blah. Because you, you, you don't want to say, oh, the Force can just do whatever I want it to do. So people are just pulling force powers out of their asses clearly if like you like if you write something like let's say the first star wars obviously like this is being like introduced to us so it seems sort of random but beforehand as a writer you say okay this is what it should do because otherwise you'll get like you'll give you'll give it off to some extended universe reader his name is like james fuck james (laughs) can we get a fuck james in chat fuck james oh one Uh, thing i we should probably note is it's it is okay to not immediately foreshadow or explain a power that somebody's gonna have, but you should do it so it still makes some form of sense. Like um, yeah, and what what I was what what I, what I was gonna because I was gonna finish my analogy is you know, mm-hmm. give your Star Wars book to to somebody and then um, I don't Luke's like man, I want a coffee, and then he just uses the Force to to make some coffee. So the Force can't do that. <laughs> But what if yeah. you use the force to rearrange the atoms into a coffee? Can't do that. Well, well that's the force can't transmute. But yep. he's not. He's just moving the atoms. But that's transmuting. Then you he's just moving the individual <laughs> atoms because the force then, then, shit. Then you all. Oh, th- this this is another thing, J.J. Abrams. That 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 you have to be careful with someone's power. Cause, cause, like, 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 with Kieran says, like, okay, let's just assume that Luke Skywalker can manipulate atoms with the Force. Like, that, that is just an ability he can just casually do. He's a god. Mm-hmm. He is, in fact, just. You, you a have, god you, you, you have, you have, you have Ray. 
pulling a ship trying to leave the atmosphere. And Matt, Matt's the engineering physics guys. Matt is our engineering and physics guys. He knows that in order to leave the atmosphere, that is an incredible amount of force that you need, like amount, amount of thrust to leave the atmosphere. And you're telling me Ray could just hold that back. Again, that makes her a god. Yeah, the amount of force that is would let her do basically anything she wants. Pretty much any single thing that she would ever want to do for any purpose, she has the power. It's you could literally just and it's and it's, it's, it's also not like she's like but like she's taking a deep breath and like she's like trying and it's like like she's bleeding from her ne- like like it's killing her to hold this shit back and she can't no she just just throws a hand out and she can just do it and apparently Kylo Ren can also just do this yes now it should be said the force is specifically stated even in the original trilogy that you just weight is meaningless you can do whatever you want with the force but even Yoda a nine hundred year old Jedi Grandmaster Super Big Dick Man in his old age can just just sort of barely lift an X-Wing out of a swamp. Just barely just enough that it's like really impressive, but it is draining him. It is difficult for him to do it. And uh Oh shit, what was I gonna say? Oh, yes. Uh shit like Yoda lifting the X-Wing out of the swamp. That was foreshadowed for like all of five minutes before it actually happened. The force can do a lot of things and you don't have to necessarily say it a long time in advance. Some people foreshadow too much and they make their uh, big power reveal very obvious. Uh, That that, that reminds that. What was that? Sorry. I I need to show Brian Johnson real quick. We haven't done that in a hot minute. Okay. Um, All right. So, so you so you know so you know how in the last Jedi Luke uh you know he communicates across the galaxy and he dies right mm-hmm. he, he like the guy kills him uh in the old extended universe uh Luke um in one instance Luke was able to communicate through the Force to all Jedi living in the galaxy all at one point and it w- and well obviously it didn't kill him I I think it was quite a feat for him that's something he was able to do and in another one of my favorite moments. Um, Jason Solo, who was the original Kylo Ren, who also became evil and was also a bit of a little bitch boy. Um, <laughs> Luke like force projects to him, and he's having like a he's he's having a conversation with him, and then he ends it. And Jason tries to step out of his chair and finds out that Luke was force holding him in his chair, and despite not force project, he keeps Jason there for like a full like ten minutes. <laughs> so like an extra fuck you. Dude. <laughs> yeah. Old extended universe Luke was great because mo- most writers kept trying to outdo themselves by making their Luke more overpowered. But he's our main character and he's been a Jedi for like forty years at this point, so you know it's okay if he's a little, uh, you know, better than everyone else. Yeah, but, but like yeah, a lot of definitely, people, definitely better than uh, dying on a rock because he did what I just said and that didn't kill him originally. Yeah, again, um. I, I should probably say this because a lot of people have guffs with Luke in The Last Jedi for reasons that don't really make a whole lot of sense. Like, he, it's okay for him to have the power to project himself across the universe and do shit like that and manipulate things from that far away. A lot of people say that they have problems with it because it just doesn't make sense for the Force to be that strong. Like, dude, 
he's it's the more Jedi like a master. Thing. Yeah, he's the Jedi can? master, and he he was supposed to be our main character. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's so more just like it does a poor job of the movie. Super job explaining if you're gonna have the Force be able to do all these things, give us a better idea of just saying what the Force is expected to be able to do. You know, basically do a better job conveying what it can and can't do. If it could do everything, sure, let it do that. But then don't have it like in the fir- first of the new batch of the films, people arguing over what the Force can and can't do. You know? Yeah, I mean, yes, but I, I, I think, think in a lot of the movies... Also a, there was... Go ahead. I think there is also a problem, not a George Lucas problem, but I guess a sequel trilogy problem, not maybe introducing the fact that over Force use, like obviously we see like, like, you know, like, Yoda give out from doing something and stuff like that. But we, we were never introduced to the concept that maybe using too much force could kill someone. We we only just, like, like get foreshadowed to that in, like, The Last Jedi, where it's, like, uh, the only reason you should be able to talk to each other. Like, 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 your bond is the only reason you could do this. It would kill anyone else to even try to do this. Like, like maybe in 7... Uh, because Ray is like very like na- like nascent with the Force, like her mind trick makes her like nose bleed, and she learns like you like you got to train or something like that. Because it just kind of comes out of where like Luke does this spectacular feat and then he just dies. Yeah, and again, I I think the big thing is don't focus so much on your powers, abilities if you don't really know what you how, want them to to do. Yeah. Like imagine until, like if, um, later on. Sorry, yeah. I was gonna make a little side. side. Uh, it's not until later on. It's like, dude, the fucking Siths get all the cool fucking powers. They get all the cool shit with the Force. So, like, what's the light side get? Uh, nothing that the dark side can't do, but cooler. You know, with the Force is choking motherfuckers and stuff like that. It's it's the, it's the whole, it's it's power, but with a cost. Is the yeah. Whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the the light side is all about like inner self and introspection because even with you know all the amazing powers the light side usually wins at the end. I think um I, I can't remember who said it but somebody made a really good point that uh if it was instead of a jet well imagine Ray's trying to Jedi mind trick somebody in the sequel trilogy and he's coming up and he's he's coming towards her and she's trying to do it and then she just cracks his whole armor and apart and just nearly kills the guy because she was accidentally using different force powers. It's more interesting if you have a character like Rey, you you know, she's never been formally trained in the force, have something go really fucking weird and crazy wrong with the power that they, if the audience doesn't know much about the power, then it's interesting to have stuff happen that's not necessarily predictable. I think that's the best term. When the audience doesn't know much about a power, you should use that to your advantage and not let it become a disadvantage. I mean, nobody in the Star Wars movies is ever going to have the time to go through all the Force powers, all the training for all the Force powers, and blah, 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 blah. It's all too much for the average audience to be expositioned. However, there is enough there to keep the mystery of the Force, which they didn't, didn't do. It's a fucking shonen power-up in the sequel trilogy final movie rise of the sucker i i i i'm i'm, I'm surprised on rise skywalker ready to get a super form yeah 
I am too. Being that she uses a spirit bomb against uh, Palpatine, that she didn't get a, a, a like a super force power up, but gets a, a set of bl- glowing blue uh, blue force armor or something like that. This looks like something on a fucking drawn. <laughs> yep. Well, I think that's pretty close to a good place to stop. Uh, Jake did put in his own special notes here. I think we should read those out of honor for him. Uh, uh, yes. Uh, first bullet point, alien sex. Next bullet point, yeah, baby. <laughs> Sorry, I just thought back to when we played through Mass Effect, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I'm going to get my two thoughts on this. I think okay, that I there's, there's two just cents. a natural... that's, a, that's a valid point, right? Yep. Why? why? Well, I, 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 you cannot tell me. I, 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 Sorry, I really want to throw this in real quick since you just mentioned the alien sex okay. thing. You cannot tell me that in the universe of the aliens, you know, like, we're, we're not just like immediately trying to kill each other. We're not talking like aliens from Alien, but like aliens for like Mass Effect and whatnot. And yeah. definitely from Star Wars. Is that uh, two species aren't going to be na- uh, immediately compatible, you know? It, yes. There might not be a socket for the a sheath for the sword to go yeah, into it. Yeah, 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 almost, almost all, all, almost all fiction. Uh, the, 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 the members of the Osmus sex of the female. Oh, yeah, that's another thing. Uh, we, me and me and Jake, uh, decided that there are two types of of alien designs, at least in Star Wars. Uh, there are, <coughs> and uh, horns. So, which leads me to one thing, is uh. It would, I believe, it would be not an insignificant part of the galactic trade for the sale of sex adapters, things that allow for two different species to have sex with each other. I, that would be, if not, <laughs> and depending on how hard it would be, a crucial part of the intergalactic trade. Because <laughs> I, I, I be horny, gonna... yo. Yeah, I was also gonna point out with with the, the alien sex, yeah, baby, it's just a bit of like my 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 psychology theory on why this is prevalent. I believe that uh, men, I'm not speaking for all men, well, I'm speaking for men of culture, uh, <laughs> uh, tend to like gravitate towards women that don't like like that like they, that don't look like what they're like used to, like people who look a little bit more. I don't want to use the term like exotic, but like 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 different like 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 in the sea of bland white girls you see the one like, like this stands out in your brains like so like all of a sudden you you see that like women with tentacle heads are a thing and your brain's like get me some of that yeah All right. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> you bored me with your talk of sex. There is a lot of sex in the galaxy. You can't convince me that there's just fucking. They're probably yeah. planets, <laughs> whole planets, just for that. Our fucking our head cannon was that Max Effect's entire fucking economy is based off oh, the sex no. adapter trade. Oh no! <laughs> it just occurred to me. What? There's probably what? either super low or super high gravity planets that people do really fucked up shit on. If you can have an entire planet dedicated to gambling, you can have an entire planet dedicated to fucking whatever. I, yeah, I wouldn't want to try to have sex in high gravity. That sounds like an in, inordinate in, in amount of exercise. Seems more like for the people that just want to get sad on. Yeah. 
Imagine Lady Dimitrescu sitting on you in ten times Earth gravity. <laughs> you'd, you'd be paced, although I think some people would be alright with that. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, just, just imagine, like, alright, time to get the pants off. Hold on. You'd have to have really strong kegels to get your dick off. Oh, like three times gravity. <laughs> Ooh, well, if you have a really big dick, like, you like, might my actually dick be in is trouble. on the ground. It won't get up. Wait, could, you probably couldn't have an erection in like five times Earth gravity. Rod four quan eighty seven. Yeah, great. Well, gravity would probably make it pull that. Yeah, yeah, you might not be able to unless unless you were like really like. Out. <laughs> you're, 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 it's, it's like you do cardio for a straight year. Like you, you, you like get your body ready to have sex in like two times, three times gravity. All right, I think we should end before we get too fucking insane with this. Any closing thought? Yeah, I, th- I think I think we might. Are we nearing the two hour mark? We're well past know. the two hour I mark. Think each of us got like oh, at least twenty yeah. minutes to go on our own fucking rants about shit. Matt, well, d- did you have a rant, Matt? I know me and Sergio had ours. I had a rant about economics and Wakanda. Uh, there we uh, are. I didn't rant. I lectured. I, I, I am. The, I'm informing our audience. Yep. Well, C- come back next time where me, where me and Matt, uh, uh, des- describe Einstein's laws of relativity to you. You know what? Let's just have a whole podcast about real-world physics. Nothing at all yeah, yeah, you know, I, I, honestly, I, I know we're not a science podcast, but I think it would be really fun to have a science podcast. You know we what? Get, sure. Like, why not? We, 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 like, like, let's just get, like, Kieran or Michael or Jake, and then just we'll, just we'll just teach them something from our respective, like, fields, or just stuff that we're interested in, because I like a lot of things. Hell yeah. Alright. Yeah, but Goodbye, everybody.